Welcome back to House of Bravo, your weekly Bravo recap with a cosmic twist. I'm Emma, an astrocartographer and human design reader. And I'm Tasha, an intuitive astrologer, also known as the agent of Pluto. Hey there. Hi, friend. <laughs> How's it going? You know, I feel like this full moon this past week was such an important turning point for me that I literally had what I felt like was two of my most perfect days. So I can't complain. I'm very grateful, but I got to say the lead up to it was super fucking brutal. <laughs> so, you know, kind of just riding this wave. Um, what about you? Yeah, this was also a very intense full moon for me. I... Yeah, I don't even know. I had a subconscious reprogramming session planned for that day. And I like the practitioner was the one who suggested it. she doesn't follow astrology. And I thought like, oh, wow, what kismet on the full moon? Not really thinking to look at my chart. Um, and it actually was the full moon was conjunct my natal moon. So um, probably oh. it was kismet, but the timing was extremely intense for me. So I feel like I'm just kind of like still trying to recover from all that energetic work mm -hmm. yeah and honestly I don't think it's just us I've you know I've had some client readings over the last week and I kind of think it is very much felt in the air and I mean this one also you know the cardinal signs have been kind of going through it but obviously this um full moon involved Aquarius which is a fixed sign so definitely a point of release for a lot of fixed signs as well and this is actually the first Aquarian lunation without Saturn in the sign so to me it's definitely like a fresh fresh sort of new beginning from this really really you know cumulative ending especially going into Pluto and Aquarius you know coming up um so definitely again take it easy because you know what's coming up well actually what's happening already today mercury entering the shadow period oh my oh god my. how did this happen how are we here where has time gone why did i not realize that all these retrogrades were going to be coinciding. It's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in total, right, like seven planets with Mercury will be retrograde. And it's not to say like this isn't um, uncommon. Uncommon. Yeah. yeah, or something to like freak out about. Like generally, you know, all the outer generational planets will retrograde for a good portion of the year after moving direct. And same with, you know, some of the personals. And this year, they just all happen to like coincide. Um, but obviously, like the big ones that, folks have been really really concerned about would be venus retrograde um saturn. i would say saturn yeah saturn's definitely kind of been wreaking some havoc a little bit um <laughs> in the best way possible best way possible but also i mean this would mark this mercury retrograde which is happening august 23rd officially so just to clarify we're in the shadow meaning mercury has started to kind of slow down um, it won't officially go backwards or seemingly go backwards until August 23rd, which is when the retrograde officially commences. And it's going to last through September 15th, which means that, you know, on the other side of that shadow period, you're really looking at Mercury kind of uh, being a little 
on the slower side through September. <laughs> that laugh, that little chuckle of, hmm. <laughs> this is one of the reasons why, like, on a personal level, I don't love looking at the transits, especially ahead of time. Mm. Um, it just, when you start thinking about all these things, and as we said, this is not uncommon. This is actually more common than not. But yeah. once you start following astrology, and especially if you're looking at the transits, it does get overwhelming and it can seem very um, like constantly you're on the verge of some big thing that's always going to be happening. Um, but as we've said, not every event, not every cosmic event is going to affect everyone the same way. So, um, yeah, that's just why in my personal practice, I, I try not to look at these things. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. See, I have a different viewpoint on it, of course. Um, to me, I'm like really appreciative that this retrograde is coming up because as much as I think as pop culture society has taken over and there's a lot of fear mongering around the retrogrades and, um, you know, retrogrades are inherently a period of slowing down, right? It doesn't necessarily like, and for me, it's super important because based on my chart, I'm very much a I can go for years without vacation type of energy, um, like work nonstop. So I've come to really appreciate retrograde periods like, okay, wow, I have this built in period where I don't have to rush through anything. I can actually take my time. I'm working with the energy. And ultimately, I'm getting a lot more rest than I intended because I'm not necessarily moving at light speed trying to get everything done. So to me, it's almost like, oh, okay, I get like, a prescribed break from the universe coming up which is awesome and like i'm gonna just keep doing my thing and see how it plays out but no urgency no urgency for everyone too like definitely don't try to rush through the retrograde if you're traveling which i know a lot of people are traveling for late summer travels you know i'm not here to say delays are gonna happen but i'm gonna say if they do happen just rock with it lean with it flow with it um because, you know, when Mercury and Venus are retrograde at the same time, things can get testy, especially maybe if you're flying with a partner and all of a sudden the plane's like delayed overnight or canceled last minute. And then you're just like, oh, my God, I'm so angry. And like my partner's here. and We're going to have this argument now. So like just, you know, be mindful of dynamics like that. Yeah, good point. Very good point. With that, um, crazy things going on. We did that Lizzo has been yeah. um, sued with like all kinds of lawsuits against her. Well, I guess it's like the same suit, but there was her or like assault, harassment. Um, I don't know if assault was there. Definitely harassment. No, no, there was assault. Oh, the shit. Harassment was from the choreographer or the head dance coach or whatever. That was the one yeah. who the being said was because it wasn't just about Lizzo it's about like her whole production team as right. well yeah um, yeah and the, the captain 
was, I think, Lizzo, because one of the women said that she tried to approach Lizzo about something that was happening. This is, I just, you know, I saw this in a TikTok video. Um, yeah. I don't actually know what's happening. And apparently Lizzo got very aggressive and in, in her face and had to be held back by someone else. Otherwise, she may have thrown a punch. But if a punch isn't actually thrown, is it assault? I don't, that didn't really make sense to me. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of information going on. I know there are like some sources and people are like really, you know, um, condensing it, reading the suits and whatnot. I think, I mean, so I'm not necessarily here to comment on the legality of everything either, but most people who are listening, I'm sure are like well familiar because I think this was so shocking, you know, and this actually broke the day of the full moon in Aquarius, which obviously if you were to look at Lizzo's chart, that was activating her natal Mars in Aquarius. Like, talk about a really um, timely activation. Like, Mars is literally all these things, right? It's like aggression, assault, um, a, a gr- yeah, like anything that can be conceived as like a threat or someone coming at you. And in the sign of her Aquarius, like in her seventh house, the public her relationship with the public and also her business partners or like you know just just interesting that activation and then the news dropped immediately and we don't lizzo has a what like a c rotten rating so it's not totally accurate in terms of time but we do know her sun is in taurus her moon is in uh, virgo and her rising is a leo And what I thought was interesting, especially since we don't know the exact time, is I was kind of looking at various times that this could all fall in. And her sixth house, Mm -hmm. which is kind of how we go about our day to day, also her seventh house, how we deal with the other. Um, There are some interesting planets kind of floating around that region. And again, since we don't know the exact time, I don't know exactly which house they fall in, but she does have Mars in Aquarius over in that area. So let's say she had Mars in her sixth house. It could explain this drive to succeed. I mean, we see she goes hard. She's always pushing herself. Um, She's she's got a very high standard also coming from that moon in Virgo. Um, But even if we kind of shift the wheel a bit, she could have Saturn conjunct Uranus and uh, Neptune in Capricorn falling in that sixth house. So again, kind of this structure around your day, your habits, your career, what you expect of your others around you, because it's also the house of your coworkers and who you kind of interact with on that day-to-day basis in, you know, like a work environment. Um, so having like Saturn conjunct Neptune could be kind of this not seeing that other people can't keep up or shouldn't have to be at that same level that you're going, that you expect for yourself. So that's what I found was kind of interesting with this. Mm. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm just going to look at her chart whole sign purely um, just because I see a lot of things manifest whole sign wise. So it's easier for this case. And to your point, you know, those Capricorn placements in her sixth house, right? It's 
it's so fascinating because the sixth house is also kind of a house of like servitude um enslavement things like that and you can kind of look if you're looking at if you want to even look at the conditions of your workplace you would look at your sixth house because it would tell you so much about it and for lizzo with saturn ruling over it and saturn placed in that sixth house because her sixth house you know has capricorn i can see that element of perfectionism you know capricorns with their drive work ethic relentlessness determination kind of achieve at all costs type of energy and you know saturn in the chart it could actually she can embody that saturnian figure in her workplace and saturn is the disciplinarian as we've discussed on the show it is the taskmaster it is the tough love boss type of energy um so it's it's very additive it's very you know it reinforces what you're saying absolutely i think it's also interesting that lizzo has pluto in scorpio well that's a rhyme in her fourth house um that pluto is actually opposing her sun her jupiter her mercury her i mean well that's another interesting thing i mean she's got that conjunction opposing pluto in her 10th house and she's actually experiencing her Jupiter return, hitting that 10th house, conjunct the sun at the time of a full moon, 10th house being our most public facing um, house. So, I mean, the timing couldn't be, it couldn't be more, I mean, ripe for something like, something to come out. It doesn't have to be like this. But opposing that, it kind of does make sense that it would be something extreme something dark pluto and scorpio mm-hmm. yeah i mean when you have mercury and pluto in opposition a lot of times i found there is always sort of secrets being hidden you know pluto and mercury um any kind of aspecting so when there's like attendance when there's an activation in the chart you can see those moments of secrets therefore coming out leaking out of the shadows and here's the thing it's not that we're saying this is you know damning lizzo or this is you know we're not addressing the veracity of what the situation is what we're simply doing is looking at the energies present in lizzo's chart and we can kind of understand and see context from all sides right even from Lizzo's own statement, you know, her standards, like what she embodies. I mean, the fact that she has all these Taurian placements in that 10th house, like Taurus is so much about the body and self-love and that confidence in your body and your voice. And you do see that also being represented in the chart, right? And so it's not to say one thing can be true or the other, like all things can potentially be very true. I think it's also interesting that the Pluto in Capricorn is happening in her sixth house if we're looking at a whole sign this and for a lot of people i've spoken to there has been a revisiting of old programming that really was built up through this whole entirety of pluto and capricorn back hearkening to 2007 2008 so like in this case in her sixth house of work it's kind of like okay what workplace structures have been implemented what needs to be reviewed so that there can be more um, appreciative appreciation or more 
you know, power to the people because thinking about Pluto in Aquarius when Pluto moves back into Aquarius, like celebrating or really unearthing the power of the individual within the community. How are you really, you know, stepping up for your community? This full moon was also so much about community, right? Sign of Aquarius. Um, so you definitely see all these things hitting. And I mean, hell, Venus retrograde. Do you see that's hitting her, Lilith? Mm. Yeah. And Lilith, like the current Lilith placement is also conjunct right now as well. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of rage, a lot of, you know, like battling even the patriarchy that maybe, you know, kind of has intercepted within, right? Like the system is so strong. It's not to say if you are an advocate for body, you know, shame, not body shaming, body celebration, you know, you can't have internalized some negative elements of this patriarchy. And it's, you know, with this Venus retrograde in the first house, it's like a revisiting of those values, revisiting the values of who you are and how you approach the world even. Yeah. Also, that Saturn in Pisces, which is currently retrograde, is in her currently falling in her eighth house of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like lawsuits and things like that, like coming down, laying the law. But also in Neptune, a story that no one really knows who's telling the truth. And honestly, I'm just getting the vibe that this is a perception situation where Mm -hmm. everyone yeah i just think it comes down to perception of these specific situations um because when i read them or sorry i didn't read the suit when i heard them explained nothing seemed too egregious in the fact of the context that they are in Mm -hmm. long hours of working she's not the only artist that requires or demands that um mm-hmm. even some of the sexual discussions that were had if you're in a group of women that are all friends and this is discussions that are had now maybe someone takes things too far but if they're not told that how do they know you know i don't really know what was going yeah. on i'm just saying that i think this is kind of more of a perception thing um again not mm-hmm. that anyone's right or wrong perception and i did check out her human design and i think that this maybe was very um earth shattering to lizzo i don't know that she saw this coming Mm. um Mm -hmm. i don't think she saw this coming for sure uranus in the 10th yeah no way yeah so she's a manifesting generator she's someone that like multi-passionate she's got a lot of energy to do the things that she's lit up by and of course her career and her passion projects are what are going to light her up so she just has this constant energy to go 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 and to give it what she wants um she also has a sacral authority so she has this instantaneous knowing of what is correct for her which not everyone does and because of that people tend to make decisions that they then don't necessarily feel good about or they go against the instant knowing that and go against things that they feel Mm -hmm. i'm speaking right now to an incident that was brought up in the lawsuit about them all being in amsterdam and apparently one of the dancers was asked or was like kind of peer pressured into touching someone inappropriately um Mm -hmm. 
she also Lizzo is single definition. And what this means is all her defined centers are connected. They're all speaking to each other in a language that they understand. And because of this, she doesn't need any outside influence in order to make decisions and move forward in a way that's correct for her. So again, like everything that I'm seeing is just she is very capable of being in this like head down focus going forward to what I want and making it happen and achieving these things. She also, uh, she has the right angle cross of the four ways. And I'm not going to get into this cross in total, but it has a gate of rationalization coming back to the perception thing. Even if uh, something may not be right for others, she might have a way of rationalizing why, in fact, mm-hmm. it is okay. These were kind of some of those things that I was seeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate the perspective because think, because it kind of lit something in me. Um, you know, you talk about perception. I totally agree. I think this is a matter of social perception, employee perception versus her perception. And yes, Lizzo's chart lends itself to her being a hard ass at work. And it is what it is. It's like the likes of like, j-lo or beyonce right like we've heard these things about them divas but the reality is there's a standard of excellence that is required and this is the reason why we love their product because you can't just sloppily put a show together casually like with all of lizzo's 10th house placements she actually functions very cap like to also double down on that sixth house cap energy so the work ethic is supreme supreme what is interesting looking at it astrologically is this is not the first time karmically Lizzo has potentially experienced something like this mm. because of that Venus and Chiron in Gemini in her 11th house. You know, you talk about perception and Venus and conjunct Chiron, literally, that is what spoke to me in that 11th house of your social networks, of your future. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of questions, right? Like, where's the brand going to be? Like, what's going to happen? How are we going to make it through this right now? Because there's a lot of uncertainty, especially because it is a mutable sign. You know, you have no idea where the wind's going to blow you right now. It's so dependent, again, on that wound of perception involving relationships, literally, gossip slander any kind of sort of um negative press i can see that happening and what's interesting is it's also squaring her nodal axis her karma her moon so again this is not the first time this has happened and i'm willing to bet it's not the first time that it's happened based on this work ethic it's almost like lizzo has to also learn to not push as hard and ultimately understand what she's like escaping from with work ultimately because that eighth house is ruled by jupiter and her jupiter is in the 10th house and i can see with the taurus placements also like not necessarily sweeping things under the rug but just the perpetual idea of okay well that's done let's just move forward like let's just keep moving forward always 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 um so yeah i mean karmically it's kind of wild and i'm so appreciative of you even bringing up the perception game because i think that really hits the essence of her karma in her chart and it's again with the mars in the seventh house and it's a house of open enemies and also who you trust it's a very fine line but it just feels and that's trining or you know flowing into that um venus and chiron conjunction right Right. so yeah i i definitely agree i think it's not necessarily 
let's totally crucify one person or the other. We can all admit where there might be wrongdoings, but it's not, you know, it is, I think, to your point, really also a perception game Mm. for sure. God, the astrology hitting, yo. (laughs) As always. It always always. does. Yeah, Um, exactly. (laughs) It's always done. Well, actually, you know what's hilarious this week? Like my favorite astro thing I was like, pulling together was when you know how there are like all these memes of or not memes but side-by-side comparisons of like ariana grande's um new person and her brother and how eagerly similar they both look and people are like someone brings page freud and i'm like i wonder if there's anything in ariana's chart and deadass her third house of siblings is literally ruled by her mars and virgo in her eighth house so like yeah, eighth house is literally such a Freud house. And is this a you know, like has she dated other guys that kind of resemble her brother? Or is this the first one? This is kind of the first one. And if I'm gonna bet, I don't think this makes it out of Mercury retrograde, you know, yeah. just because it's gonna be hitting her Mars and Virgo. Um, but it's just interesting how things can like if someone asked me what can astrology do for you and explain to me I'm like everything 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 so just throw a topic we can probably find an explanation for it based on the chart like it's awesome but back to Bravo land because we definitely took a big detour although we could not we did get a request to talk about Lizzo um but you know switching gears moving into lighter pastures Jesus uh hmm. How are we feeling Roa this week? You know, Candy wasn't around. Honestly, if we weren't doing this podcast, I would not be watching Atlanta right now. I would wait until I had nothing to watch one day and then I would binge it. (laughs) And that's the tea. I mean, it's very true. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. One thing that I did think was interesting, and we may have talked about this before, but Kenya always like pits herself as this person who's alone on an island. Um, Mm. She's not alone. She has all these people within the group, outside of the group, who are her support system. And I just like that Aquarius sun I can relate. I have an Aquarius moon. It's like, even when we're surrounded, it's very hard for us to kind of like acknowledge or to see that we actually do have community, Mm -hmm. but it's starting to piss me off with her. And honestly, she's just such a troll. And I don't mean that about her look. She's gorgeous. She's beautiful. And every time I see her outside of the context of the show, even when she's on watch what happens live, it's like, I like her so much more, but in in filming in season i just hate her energy mm-hmm. i mean yeah it <laughs> this was an interesting episode for kenya right because i feel like at the beginning you had her fall and her talking about the fall and everyone kind of being like you're a drama queen about the fall and we we've talked about that um her saggy placements how it can potentially make her maybe more klutzy but also um, definitely exaggerative, maybe when it comes to that sense of pain, especially because that Chiron and Aries that she has is uh, trining her sag stellium, essentially. So, you know, 
the me, me, me energy is very prominent. Um, focus on me, my pain, my hurt. It's okay when I ruin a party. It's, you know, and then you kind of wonder why people might not want to hang around you or like there might be some tension with people, right? Like you're somehow causing disruptions at the parties, but then not taking ownership and then being hypocritical and calling other people out when they do it. So, I mean, I can definitely see this being a function of her Saturn and Taurus. Um, you know, it's she's struggling listening to her own voice inside, I think, fundamentally. And she's getting she wants to be a part of the group so badly. But to your point, I don't know if this is like the right thing for her now in this chapter of her life where she seems to be more focused on Brooklyn and I think creating her legacy X the show even. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, dude, her hair care products are in CVS. I mean, that's huge. Like, she doesn't need the show anymore. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, like she, I feel like she's gotten what she needs from it. Um, and it's time to put Kenya on the shelf. I did just notice though, she's got Uranus in Libra and to mm-hmm. me, it kind of speaks to her erratic nature of loyalty with, others it's like sometimes she is kind of this ride or die and then other times it's this facade that she's putting on and then she's so quick to just gossip or um do something that will make her seem slightly better in that moment with that other person i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i honestly i think the most entertained i was about the episode was the way that Drew continuously, continuously um, refuses, or I don't know, like, we all don't necessarily know what happened with the Bolo situation, right? Like, there's just always so much, like, cloudiness around it. Um, but I just found it really funny that they were, that this episode aired, and they're, like, obviously talking about Bolo and rehashing, and it's like, you know, it is Venus retrograde, it is a review of, like, old drama in that way, but that one is, like, such huge drama right like to the point where Portia left the show after and like um yeah Drew's still getting dragged for it on air (laughs) Uh, I I can't remember I was just trying to google but I can't find I was listening to watch what happens live and Bolo came up and like now he's doing something else but it's kind of more respectable and he doesn't strip anymore um yeah yeah Andy was disappointed we'll always have We'll always have Atlanta. Yeah. We'll always have Atlanta. Immortalized. Immortalized. Um, but speaking of like immortality on Atlanta, Nini was obviously on the circuit on Carlos King this week, kind of talking or like dropping some hot takes for sure. I think there was one where she was basically like Cynthia isn't who you think she is. She like has more of an in with production and she's like you know, a little more savvy than like she claims to be and more aware and there's some back and forth with it um, among others. And I know she like kind of dragged Robin and Giselle and Potomac, not, you know, referring to them not as like star quality, not having star quality, quote unquote, um, like her naturally, because she is an OG, the definition of Atlanta. Um Anything, anything you see happening in her chart that might explain or coincide with this sort of outburst? Because I feel like it's pretty, 
like Nini doesn't necessarily associate with Bravo that heavily. So I think for her to do this also with Carlos was like an interesting moment. Um, yeah. Well, she does. I'm just looking at our spreadsheet of placements and she does have um, her Mars and Aquarius. So I don't know the exact degree of that, but we did just- nine, nine potentially, okay. which so, is the full moon. Right. Yeah. So right on, right on schedule. Um, not surprising. Also, she's got an, that Aries Libra North Node South Node, which we are too again about yourself, others. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah it's interesting she she's nini's actually going through her nodal return right now um and it's also conjunct this chiron situation that's you know been causing havoc all throughout the years or at least this past year you know it's it's very interesting that nini does feel like she needs to assert herself in this exact moment um and it's interesting that Mars activation you were talking about with the full moon, the same Mars activation for Lizzo, by the way, which is hilarious, uh, that Mars like rules over her North Node, right? And her Saturn. And so there is this lesson around learning how to maybe say what you're supposed to say in a more truthful, honest way. Um, so I think that's kind of like what she's doing. You know, um, and Robin seems to be taking it well. She's like, yeah, I'm not a star. I'm like just a regular person that just is on TV, basically. So there is like kind of, you know, I feel like nothing's necessarily wrong. I mean, with the Cynthia thing, who knows? Like there's just so much because Nini's Chiron is also getting activated by Neptune as well currently. So they can be a narrative that I don't know. Either she's piercing through or if she's holding on to it, it's not necessarily the same narrative she should be holding on to because whenever Neptune comes to town, it's like it's time for a new vision ultimately. And, you know, what do you have faith in ultimately and what can withstand? So that's hitting her natal wound. Um, and with Jupiter and Burton ruling over that Chiron, it's the sense of order, her sense of service, her sense of work i think even what she's contributed to the lineage and i don't know it's like kind of all i had to say about atlanta again i'm still waiting for the drew ralph situation to ramp up because i think there's like a lot to talk about on drew's side on that with her chart but until that happens yeah it will be interesting especially with her um her denying kissing latoya and now mm-hmm. out out proudly dating a woman um so yeah very interesting storyline atlanta definitely just needs some sprucing up because it's not giving right now and it's it's a it's a bit of a slog um but less sloggy Roni, which i'm still i'm still obsessed so good so 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 good were there any like hi what's like your rose and thorn from the week Ooh. Rose. Rose, I guess, is Uba going crazy over that trailer. Oh my god. <laughs> but Bryn coming and them both fighting for it. Also, I just love everyone commenting on Bryn's flirting. And as we said, like 
that's literally her chart. Um, but it's interesting because both, sorry, I got a little derailed here, but both Andy and Jenna made comments on like specifically made comments on how amazing her flirting skills are, which I thought was really funny because both of them have Gemini placements themselves. So takes one to no one. Thorn of the week. Yeah, nothing's really coming to mind. Yeah, I guess I should have just said Rose. I think we're still in like such a honeymoon period with Roni and it's definitely, you know, been refreshing to watch. What about you? Um, I, I would agree. I liked all of it. I especially liked the awkward kitchen table or not kitchen table kitchen island where they're all talking about jenna leaving and how much of a controversy that caused and i it's hilarious because i totally understand jenna's perspective like if i can't sleep here and i'm not looking to be the person that causes a scene like i'm gonna not i mean yes i might have said bye but i think in her mind that was the least invasive way to do it and I just think Jenna handles it like such a boss you know like we're all adults here like fucking this is not you know a complaint town which the opposite you know you see complaints coming abound elsewhere like oh it's too cold all these things and it's just like Jenna's just kind of like whatever I'll just go sleep back at my place and then come back like it's not an issue whatsoever um I appreciate that. I respect that. I still, I mean, I love Jenna so much. Um, I also really love how she can't actually make eye contact in her confessionals. Like she's always kind of looking away shiftily. Like it's never an engagement with the audience, but you sense how uncomfortable she is. But also like, I don't know. It's it's a very interesting and enigmatic uh, dynamic that she's bringing onto the show. I totally agree. She's got this interesting air about her that's clearly as you said like it's it draws people in I think everyone feels a connection with her maybe more so than the other people or like maybe not more so than the others but like they can all connect to her in Mm -hmm. some way and they all are like it's Jenna fucking Lyons it's Jenna fucking Lyons but I feel like they're going off of again a perception that they have of who she is based on what she's made of Mm -hmm. herself um, and now that they're meeting her, they're seeing that this Jenna fucking Lyons is just a normal person who's a little bit awkward and quirky. And that's why I love her so yeah. far. I mean, she has like such, you know, she has a set of Gemini stellium, right? She has her Venus, Mars and um, her son in Gemini, you know, and with that combination of a Scorpio moon and like that Neptune and Scorpio, I can def like that just to me touches on that, you know, inherently and in conjunction, um, there's this sort of irresistible energy. Like you don't know, you can't put your finger on it. And that is what I would call like an in conjunction. There is chemistry. There is a motivation to want to, get to understand the other perspective but it's not clear and it's intriguing um inherently in jenna i think she's also trying to figure out where she's comfortable she has her mercury and cancer retrograde so it is also i'm gonna do things very differently to other people that is going to protect and prioritize my safe space and that might not be understood and that's okay yeah yeah exactly i was gonna bring up that mercury and cancer because even on watch what happens live Sai was saying that um you know she was getting 
I don't remember the exact phrasing, but basically that she was annoyed that Jenna wouldn't talk about her love life on Mm -hmm. camera or off camera. And then Andy clarified, oh, so she won't talk to you about it off camera either. And she said, no, now she does. So it's like, yes, you had to become part of her family or someone that like her extended family, someone that she could feel comfortable confiding in. She's not going to just share all the details with everybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I really appreciated this week since you brought up Sai. I appreciated her going more into her story um, and her upbringing because so far all we've known, right, is just a very high level. Yes, Sai grew up poor and made it and now she lives in these beautiful Brooklyn brownstones that, you know, people are looking into and like, that's the life I want. She's an influencer. I mean, her chart, I think, just speaks so beautifully to all of this. Is there anything that stands out to you where you want to kick off with Sai? Continuing our uh, first looks at the New York Housewives. I, as I said, I know nothing about any of these women. And that's, I think, what I've enjoyed so much about this season is just getting to know completely different people um, in this way, like a whole new cast again. Um so, I mean, of course, the most obvious thing in relation to this particular conversation that she was having with um, Jessel and Erin about the, no, not Jessel, yeah. Jenna, Jenna and Erin mm-hmm. about the dollar store, um, Sai has Chiron and Taurus. So, a, like a wound around having stability, material items, wealth, and having come from a childhood where she didn't have that, like Chiron is often tied to something we've experienced in our childhood. So here she experienced that in her childhood, not having the resources, the fear. So now it's like the return of that could be the fear that everything she's accumulated could go away and she would be back at the dollar store, which is why you would not catch her dead now in a dollar Mm. store. Cause it's like, she knows so easily that that could be her reality and she wants to keep it as far away from her as possible. Um, Also with that, she has Mars and Capricorn squaring Jupiter and Libra. So she also just like appreciates the finer things in life. And but then like she did round that all out, which I liked with saying that she just it made her appreciate family Mm -hmm. more. And I think that that's also that North Node in Leo, like understanding that family can be more than the material items and can be what you need, like the people in your life. Mm. Mm, Very interesting. Yeah, I I that Chiron and Taurus that you mentioned is also directly opposing her Mercury and Scorpio, you know? So for her, the idea of um, past trauma or past old scarcity narratives, you know, Scorpio is also co-ruled by Mars. And when I think of Mars, I think scarcity and fear. She's not, she's kind of not entrapping herself in that reality, right? Like, Oh, I'm only going to ever deal with scarcity and, you know, being poor and things like that. Like, it just feels like there is that integration of that Chiron, Scorpio, um, Chiron and Taurus, Mercury and Scorpio placement or aspect. Um, And, you know, she's talking about how when she was a kid, she would move around a lot. Like, I do see Uranus being at the bottom of her chart, whether that's her third or her fourth house, you know, just um, the idea of always never knowing stability um so you know if you have uranus in the fourth or third it can maybe indicate you might have moved around a lot as a kid um 
And if it's in like your solar return chart, maybe there's an upcoming move. You have literally no anticipation of where, you know, things like that, how it can manifest. Um, I did think it's funny that in theory, if she has SAG in her fourth house, I think of SAG energy. I associate that with Christmas, right? Jupiter and Santa Claus and like all around that time of year. It is very interesting that the story she chose to tell was about the dollar tree and the Christmas tree or the dollar store and the Christmas Mm. tree. Um, So just like an interesting symbolism potentially coming through the chart. Again, in theory, this would make Curry Virgo rising, but we don't know for sure. Um, This is just based on what she's communicating at certain ages. You can kind of rectify your chart through perfections that way, perfection years to, you know, see when major things are hitting um, to have a better understanding of your chart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the moving around a lot. And she said that she is a chameleon and she can like mm-hmm. adapt anywhere she goes. And she has a Gemini moon, potentially. Um, so, And she also has so many Libra placements. So to me, I was seeing that as like not really wanting to rock the boat or upset balance necessarily. Mm-hmm. But also Libra like being ruled by Venus, loving fashion. So doing that in a way through the way that she presents herself in a fashionable manner where wherever she goes, she can find the right fits to fit in with whatever's right for that locale yeah and then also with the north node in leo again like kind of that like actor being like again being able to play a role to fit in hmm Hmm. very interesting i mean you do see that i mean first of all the fact that she has like jupiter saturn Pluto and Venus in Libra and she's an influencer because they all try that Gemini moon I mean it's like the definition of being on trend and fashion forward and like explains why she has so many outfits um that for a three-day weekend I think that Mars and Jupiter you know squaring as well and you know how people she she's also like yeah I'll post pay me like she understands the value of her aesthetic she understands that self-worth and you know Chiron and Taurus can also be a wound around self-worth right like so for her she understands her perspective she understands like what she is good at and she's confident in pursuing it she's not you know fearing any kind of scrutiny I mean I think sometimes like even I'm not like defending influencers I just I'm like thinking about what I'm going to say next and it's just going to sound really funny, but content creation is difficult, like period. And I know it seems easy. Like, let me take a picture. Let me do this. But for a lot of them, they're like getting scrutinized publicly. Like, oh my God, like look at them influencers on the street creating content. Like it's just, it's such a profession I think that can, um, can kind of attract public scrutiny like that. And I feel like it's also kind of emblematic of her South Node in Aquarius, you know, for her like to not, like, I'm not going to care about what perception or social people think of me. I'm just going to do me because I know that this is how I'm going to make my money and this is how I'm going to create my reality. And this is, you know, this is nothing to do with anyone else. Um, this is my perspective. So, yeah. I wasn't really enjoying her. Not that I wasn't enjoying her, but she wasn't like really giving me anything the first two episodes. So it was nice to have her open up and get to like see her and um I mean I think like if you've been listening to the show you would know by now that that's a theme with me like if you're vulnerable I find that endearing and I'm gonna like you more so um yeah yeah <laughs> I'm excited more of her especially since she does have a strong sure she's strong 
And I like that too. You know, she knows herself, as you said, she knows what she wants. She knows how she feels. Kenya gave her the advice to be authentically herself. And I don't see her having a problem with that at all. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. It's interesting though. You know, we talked about how Jenna doesn't bring up her partner, obviously. And Sai, it's funny because Sai also doesn't necessarily show her partner on her social media and things like that. Um, more private on that platform than the housewives broadcast it just made me wonder about her chiron and taurus again squaring her nodes um and with the ruler of her south node being saturn in libra so the idea of maybe because like chiron and taurus i can even see a wound around a marriage dissolving and that stability and if you have saturn in libra it's like social perceptions around your relationships so I can see um, that element of privacy that size uh, fencing up or at least had fenced up being represented or reflected by that Chiron square and that's the leadership of the South node. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see it. And with her Juno too in Libra. Yeah. So much Libra. So, so much Libra. Like it's very chic. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, it's a good balance with the moon in Gemini and the Mars in Capricorn because Libra can be a people pleaser and a pushover. And I don't see her being either of those things. No, because she also has Uranus in the sun. And I don't think Uranus in the sun is ever a people pleaser type of energy. It's a very individual focus fueled, maybe perceived erratic by some people, but definitely more emboldened energy, especially because I don't see it like... Yeah, I don't see it necessarily being constrained by anything. Um, She's very determined, for sure, and very big picture thinking. Um, Oh, you know what I just realized? She does have Neptune and Sag, and like that's opposing her moon in Gemini. You know how she was like when I was young? I would just dream. I would just daydream, Mm -hmm. and maybe that was manifesting. And I'm like, girl, that was definitely manifest. That Neptune moon aspect, like, yeah. Yes, you can definitely to me it facilitates manifestation and with jupiter ruling overall that it's like the finer things in life large picture thinking abundance so straight up yeah Yeah. love that love this sigh moment okay so talking about sigh and don't worry we will be talking about jessel and i think that will be coming next week we actually don't know her birth year so we're still trying to figure that out 83 84 if you know let us know Moving on to OC. I mean, the most exciting thing about the OC this week was literally watch what happens live with Shannon and Vicky, I think. But you know what? I really loved this episode too. Yes. Um, yes. That dinner, that dinner with the three couples was so oh awkward. That's the most amazing. I wish I could have been on that boat with them. So cringe. <laughs> so fucking cringe. Oh my God. But amazing. Like perfect for perfect for an episode so good yeah even but oh my god you you mentioned watch what happens live i can't believe tamra's implant finally exploded oh yeah that was so that was uh, psa for venus retrograde honestly like (laughs) (laughs) as we posted on that story wait on that body work wait on that body work i remember a few years ago i had a client 
And they were saying that they were going to get some plastic surgery done. And I was like, it was during Venus retrograde. And I was like, oh, please reschedule. Like, please reschedule. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of times I would actively be like, don't do this or whatever. But in this situation, especially if you're like a Leo rising or you have Leo in your 10, like it's really not, I think. I mean, and a lot of people agree with this. It's just things can happen that is not going to be up to what you expected. So might as well save yourself the trouble and like wait until energy is more direct. Uh, Potentially same with tattoos too. But of course, it's different slightly if you are a Venus natally retrograde. Um, You know, it just depends on your chart again. But this is just general advice without looking at the chart, like what should be or should be not done. Um. It's, I love, honestly, God, I love Vicky and Shannon's dynamic. Like, it's so cute when they're even playing hot potato and how Shannon was like, I love that we're both Aries. And like, that, like that's like a core part of their friendship. The fact that they're both Aries women. And at the end of the day, Aries are like ultimate hype girls, you know? So like, they're each other's hype lady when things are going good. But clearly they have like a depth in the relationship. Um, we've looked at Vicky and Shannon's synastry before. Uh but I was like going to see if there was anything else or I was going to pull their charts together since we, again, have Vicky's time. It's always so easy when there's like time that we can kind of look into. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know what? Sorry. Before you get there, yeah. I just really, I, I like their dynamic so much more without camera, a part of it, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but anywho, okay. No, 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 no. I, you know what? I, I agree with that too. I think, I mean, just the fact that Tamara was already like bringing up, you know, John, like that whole breakdown at that early dinner, right? With the Trace Amigas, not separate from the couple's dinner. Like, yeah, I know stuff and like Heather's been talking about stuff and it's just like, I don't know, man. That's like a tough situation. It's just like a tough situation overall. Especially like you know Shannon so well. Yeah. And you know exactly what that's going to do. So it's just Tamara's just always trying to micromanage the drama. Yeah. Oh my God. I just, I don't know if we like, this was something that came up the last time we looked at Vicky and Shannon together, but oh my God, Vicky has her Juno in Taurus. Um, which again, Juno, as we described, you know, these are like helpful partners that can help you in your evolutionary journey. And that sometimes can, you know, manifest as like your quote unquote soulmate or like a soul partner or just like a friendship. Or in the case of Megan King Edmonds and Brooks, it's like mortal enemy stuff that challenges you to grow. <laughs> um, but Vicky has her Juno in Taurus and Shannon has her Venus in Taurus. So cute. And on the flip side, Shannon has her Juno in SAG and Vicky has her SAG moon. Like this is just a synastry that is so beautiful, I think, for the both of them. And you can definitely see the authenticity in their relationship. Yeah, totally. I'm sure we mentioned this last time, but for those who haven't maybe listened, their sons are conjunct. Um, Vicky's Venus is conjunct Shannon's Mercury and jupiter in aries there's just like so many nice conjunctions but also we've got trigger points like shannon's mars is squaring vicky's moon so it's like they have both 
the the makings of easy gettings on, but also things that are going to push you and challenge you, which again, as we've said, are what make the best relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there, I want more of the Vicky Shannon dynamic. And I think it's really funny that um, I think they were talking like recently how Vicky and was at Shannon's place and she got drunk and they drunk dialed all of Vicky's exes. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was so funny. And of course, like, again, this is so very red Venus retrograde type of energy, um, calling up your exes like that. But, you know, we're getting this live on camera now. Um, I kind of love it. But, you know, actually, what's really interesting, a lot of people have been like wondering about what's been going on with Shannon, right? Like, because there's like a potential like she posted that picture with John recently. And there was right. like that whole kerfuffle with Shannon and his daughter at a quiet was it, it was it actually at the quiet woman no i don't know it was somewhere no else. i think it was somewhere else, somewhere yeah. else. i got confused when the owner of the quiet woman was bartending this week that was a treat <laughs> him saying kelly was his worst cuss his worst housewife customer like that was a, a bold statement to make that was so bold and you know kelly dodds out there like fuming yes beyond <laughs> beyond fuming um but you know interesting things happening in Shannon's chart at the moment right you know we've talked about how um Saturn she's going through her Saturn return her second Saturn return and Saturn's retrograde is going to be hitting you know her natal Saturn and it's like it's interesting this revisiting um of like an old narrative as maybe as it relates to John, you also have like Neptune on Shannon's Mars. So like that Neptune we're talking about, you know, this confusing point maybe, um, but also a sense of dissolving of an old vision around again, how she acts, you know, not going down the same type of narrative that she'd subjected to herself, subjected herself to previously. Um, but also I think of Neptune, you know, I think of alcohol and I think with Mars, I see that drunk blowout and, you know, emblematic of Shannon fighting with John's daughter. Mars and Pisces can also be like youth, you know, Neptune hitting Mars and Pisces. I can see that symbolism play out a little bit too. Hmm. You know, something I was thinking about the other day, I was looking at someone else's chart and I noticed that Uranus was currently conjunct their sun. And I was like, oh, shit, that's going to be there a while. Um, Because as Tasha mentioned earlier in the episode, like the outer planets go retrograde quite frequently. Um, And because of that, they'll stay in the same area of the chart for a long time. I mean, Uranus, I think, takes like 84 years to make a full rotation Mm -hmm. through the zodiac. All this to say, it's currently on um shannon's natal venus Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of be like going back and forth over her venus also you know like blasts from the past might come up every now and then yeah we also saw her with david you know like uranus was likely can i mean it definitely was also conjunct her venus then so yeah um, i mean yeah it's it is wild she also has mercury right now conjunct her uranus and you know this whole retrograde is going to be going over her pluto and her uranus as well um Hmm. if she has a virgo moon that's hitting too but we again don't know but yeah you can definitely i mean this is going to be an interesting period for shannon 
this next couple of weeks too amidst this Saturn retrograde. Um, yeah, no, very, very interesting stuff. I mean, the North Node's going to hit her Jupiter coming up soon. So because when we were talking about um Vicky and Shannon before I just got this like I want a crappy lake with the two of them yeah yeah it would that would be really like there should be other iterations of crappy lake with duos that dynamic duos yes. except I know they'll throw Tamara in and I don't want her to be a part of it like I want to see the two of them just have fun yeah 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 <laughs> dos amigas dos amigas exactly <laughs> Poor yeah. so i'm hoping that that's what that uh north node jupiter is for me <laughs> yeah i'm hoping that's the case and not like <laughs> well i don't know because we've talked about jupiter being like the husband right in potential and like abundance with that so who knows either way like i think it's gonna be yeah, I'm excited to see like how what tracks with Shannon's chart. Again, we don't know her rising. Shannon, please give us your rising. That would make everything so much better. Um, because I love how unabashedly open you are with your life. And to track it via the chart is always, 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 always my favorite. Um, but I think that about wraps up this week. Whew. This was a longer episode than intended. Ah. <laughs> uh, we had a lot to talk about. Oh my god, yeah, we had like literally so much to talk about. But you know, obviously, if there are any other celebs you would like us to discuss, any sort of like latest breaking news that you want an astro opinion on, definitely let us know in the DMs. Uh, follow us along at the Cosmic Clubhouse on Instagram. We're pretty active in the DMs, so definitely message us. And before you stop listening to our sweet dulcet tones in your ears, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. Please rate and review. It makes us warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> yes, we love hearing or reading your amazing reviews and feedback. Um, but also we love talking about the episodes with you. So definitely, you know, reach out. Like we love chatting. It's actually... I feel like we've made it because we got our first hater comment in in uh and I I just like thank you hater that's how oh, you yeah. know when you've made it. so I appreciate you when you sent that to me Tasha I immediately got a smile on my face I was like haters yeah, it's so funny the <laughs> hater comment was like stop talking about stars and retrograde I'm like then get off the show this is not the podcast for you. <laughs> Yeah, why are you even here? But thank you. <laughs> classic, classic. But anyway, take care with this Mercury shadow period. Don't rush. Slow things down. Double check those emails and double check your plans. You'll thank us later. And we'll Until next week. Bye.